You seek the key, but first you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system, up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant, with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Civil War. I'm honestly, I had an Uber driver the other day and he he asked me in the middle of the drive, hey, do you have your go bag? And I'm like, what's that? And he said, well, when the Civil War starts, and then he added, and it's going to start any day, definitely before the 2024 election, he said, you need to have your go bag. So wherever you are, you can just go right up into the mountains, put up your tent, get your plasma lights, get your your almond butter and seeds and honey and you better learn how to like forage for vegetables and hunt and and start a fire and i'm like what are you talking about and he pointed to the passenger seat next to him he had a go bag ready in the uber car just, he said it could happen anytime where you, he just can't you can't go back to the city you can't go back to your home because the civil war has started and i got kind of nervous. I think as I get older, I really don't want the status quo to change that much. And, and, but you know, the, there's a movie coming out, civil war, you know, Texas and the federal government are having these conflicts and, and you're about to hear more about that. Uh, so let's get right into it. A, a few years ago, a guy who's a regular guest on the podcast has been since 2014. I can't believe this is the 10th year I'm doing this, but I love doing it. But one of my first guests, anyway, he came on in 2020. He said, James, you're hearing it from me now. There's going to be a civil war. And I said, no way. It's impossible. But now it's like in the news. I still don't believe there's going to be any kind of civil war, uh, at least one where people are shooting at each other with guns, which sounds ridiculous to me. But now at least it's the in the public discussion and there's uh, there's a movie coming out and people are nervous about this upcoming election so here we go tucker max coming back on the show to explain a little bit more why he predicted this and what he predicts now and what is going to lead up to a potential civil war in 2024 the conversation didn't make me that happy but i always prefer to be informed than not informed so here we go This isn't your average business podcast, and he's not your average host. This is The James Altucher Show. How are you doing, Tucker? What's what's Good. the latest and greatest? I, I see I follow you on Facebook. You're like killing chickens, eating <laughs> off the land, homeschooling, the whole thing. Pretty much. Yep, exactly. Yep. 
So, and, and you're in Texas. I think it was three years ago that you came on the podcast and said, we're going to have a civil war. And you yep. said it would start with Texas. You called out the scenario exactly. Not only in the real news are people talking about civil war now, which is a term I thought I would never hear in my lifetime in the real news, but there's even a movie coming out next month called Civil War. Do you want to save this for the podcast or you want to start yeah. now? No, we're starting. We're in. <laughs> oh, we're in right now? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I know. Like, I, I listen, I, I don't think it was that hard of a call. Like, when everything went down with 2020 and then the George Floyd riots, it's like, okay, clearly there are two complete diametrically opposed views of America that are irreconcilable. And, you know, there's whatever you want to call it, the leftist woke view, which is really just communism dressed up for the 21st century. And then there's the the sort of, there's more than two actually, but the two dominant ones are that. And then some variation of traditional Americanism. I wouldn't call it conservatism. It looks like conservatism in a lot of ways, but that's not really what it is. But like... Uh, that's basically, those are the two major opposing camps and nothing can live with communism. Communism at its core doesn't compromise. It is a virus. And so either you become a host to the virus or you eradicate the virus. There's not a compromise there. Well, and let me ask you, because so, it, it used to be that when you say left and right, it's somehow, they mean different things than 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like I always considered myself uh, left of center, may on some issues right of center, but I feel like there's no center anymore. No, definitely not. So, so in America, left and right were. I was I was just a joke that like left wing, right wing, it didn't matter because it was the same bird, right? Right. And, and and that used to be true in America, but I feel like now the birds have split, right? Because the left has been co opted by uh, wokeism, right? Which is really just a modern dressing for communism. Like Marxist communism is what but it I, is. But I feel like it's even more because it takes on all these cultural issues and maybe communism does that as well. Yeah, of course, but, that's what it does. That's but, what but, it's designed to do. I guess that's true because in order to do any kind of central planning, you have to make assumptions about hundreds of millions of people. To do and, any sort of central planning, you have to lie. You have to... You have to Get people to either agree or submit to complete control, which is antithetical to, to core human desires for sovereignty. Everything about communism is about control. Everything. Everything. But so, in, but in America, how did we get away with, like, okay, so it used to be, okay, I'm, uh, you could be liberal if you, wanna, if you feel people should pay higher taxes or, if, or in order to support different social programs. And you supported you know, social programs that house the homeless and, you know, took care of the sick and, and, and so on. But somehow that's moved at the same time as this cultural extremism happened, that's moved into a, a, this radicalized Cult place. Bro, it's, let's stop. It's not cultural extremism. What we have is a host that has been invaded by a virus. Like, you, you... If you think about this in biological terms, right? I, I'm not saying it's literally a biological uh, uh, event, but it's it's just a, a good metaphor. Like, um, how many people do you know who really truly have Trump derangement syndrome? Like, I'm not a Trump person, right? I'm not a MAGA person. But I know a lot of people who are smart and capable 
and if you can't talk about Trump with them without them losing their minds. And and like they they to, to the point they, where no they're willing ration. to lie about other things in order right. to justify they, they'll destroy the Trump themselves, they'll destroy the people they love. It's like the the hatred of Trump is not even an idea that's theirs. It's like something that's invaded them. The same thing with woke. How many people do you know who used to be probably usually high empathy, right, leftists? Whose minds have been invaded by by woke or pronouns or true bullshit or whatever you want to call it, like whatever dressing it takes up, and they literally don't think anymore. They you, have you, been occupied. It is a mind virus, dude, and I mean that in, in metaphorical terms, but also in a lot of ways, literal terms. You, you know what right? a good antidote is when I'm talking to them is if, and I I say, tell me three policies that Trump did that you dislike. And they has usually can't ever, name hold three. On. Ha, but has that ever worked? Oh, have they changed their mind? No, but it usually no, stops the conversation. That's that's <laughs> how you know it's a virus, dude. You can't logically talk someone out of a position they didn't logically think themselves into. That's right. Right. It it, it is. It, it's a whole. They're kind of. Uh, 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 they're very related. But the the point is, is that. Um, the core American populace used to sh have some base assumptions, shared base assumptions. But the point is the base assumptions are now gone, right? And so there's no more arguing. It's now, it's now a power struggle between two tribes. That's right. what's going on. And which, that's what's which, different, I feel. Like, I've never it, seen yeah, it to the point where— It's fundamentally different. It's never happened in our lifetimes in America. It's definitely happened in America's past, if you know America's history, a lot of times. But it has not happened really in America. There has not been true—you can maybe make an argument for the immediate post-World War II period, uh, like up into some of the 60s, that there were different tribes and then a dominant one won— uh, maybe, maybe not. But in our lifetimes, last 40, 50 years, there, there has not been two tribes. There's been one tribe with a bunch of different variations on that tribe. There are now two different ones in America, and they are irreconcilable. At least What, what made them irreconcilable? Because that's true. People are because, willing now to more likely have violence than agree. <laughs> because the Marxist communist mimetic virus invaded the left and turned them into zombies. And so there's no, there's no, you don't talk someone out of a position they didn't talk themselves into. They, they are now, they are subjects, they are hosts to a virus, a, a literal mind virus. And that's it. There's no more talking to them, man, until either they shake the virus, they wake up from it, or they destroy themselves, or it wins. That's right, it. So that's how viruses work. So, I mean, you've been living in Texas where is, is, as an Uber driver told me the other day, is the epicenter of the civil war that is sure to come within the next couple of months. I, I don't think so. I disagree, actually. But I, that's fine. I, I disagree, yeah. too. But, but it's interesting how the news is playing out. This Uber driver, by the way, had his go bag in the car with him so he could go immediately to the mountains if the shit hits the fan, as he said. He told yeah. me to get plasma lights, bio lights, <laughs> Can don't get canned food. Get lots that's of silly. seeds and peanut butter that's, and almond butter. That's silly. He was going to send me a whole list, but what's what's going to happen? What so what? Let's look at the current news. So Texas, 
what's going on? The, the border is open. Does Biden want it open? Does, of course. Does, but why, why does he want it open? Like, it's clear that, as people have said, there's like, uh, you First know, off, let's back up military age men coming let, in. Let, let's back up for a second. I mean, I hope you realize that Biden is literally a dementia patient who, were he not being propped up as a stooge for other powers, he would probably be in a nursing home. Yeah, no, right? that's like I think. I and mean, the funny thing is that's the not even a debatable thing anymore. Yeah, I, yeah, I have, of course. Even when I'm talking with, let's say, my woke friends, they say the same thing. Okay, so 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 let let's stop pretending that Biden. I mean, a, a sharp, healthy, intelligent president. It's arguable how much control he has over the federal government. Biden, I, I I don't think is in this universe even. Right. Okay. But but so it just goes I, to show how little power the presidency in general has. I feel. Yeah, I mean that's almost certainly true, right? But uh, okay, so I don't know exactly who's in charge, but clearly someone or some group of people are, right? And um, uh, there's only one thing to deduce from why would you want an open border, right? Because we you know all the negative side effects. Like what? Why would you want that? The only reason, and the Democrats have been pretty. Democratic uh, elements in the Democratic Party, I should say, have been pretty open about this for the last three, four, five years, especially. Um, they want to enfranchise every single illegal. They want to create amnesty for all the illegals and turn them into voters. And if that happens, they have a permanent majority. Without that, like if, if, the, if, if every state voted on paper ballots only by citizens who had IDs, Republicans would win Every election, right now, basically. Why? If you why, why if, do you, think if they you lost switch in... that, if you enfranchise everyone, uh, especially if you aim to see all the illegals and turn them into voters, the Democrats win every election. Yeah. So it's so. First off, what do you think really happened in 2020? Then, and by the way, I, I mean, didn't dude, vote. Like, I'm not really on either like, side of this, but the the whole thing it's so it's so frustrating that people won't believe the evidence right in front of their face like i'm not going to pretend like i'm some expert on like every single aspect of the 2020 election but in the major swing states georgia wisconsin uh, i think michigan uh was i mean wisconsin was the big one where it was like you know at 11 p.m. Trump was ahead by whatever quarter million votes, and then the counting stopped, and then at three a.m., Biden was ahead by three hundred thousand votes. You know the the line that went straight up, and they found a box of uh, votes that were ninety nine percent Biden. It stop it. I mean, just like guys, I, I if you want to believe that, that's fine. Then you know, literally, go eat the the bugs and live in the pod. And become batteries for the matrix, and that then go ahead. <laughs> of course, it was a fraud. Of course, it's transparently fraudulent. It was so fraudulent that it's like it's comical that it's even a debate. Of course, of course, there was fraud. I, I wonder mean, what happened in Georgia. I mean, it's preposterous, dude. I, it's so I, preposterous. Do you think there's fraud in every single election, or no, was this like not. an outlier? I doubt it. I doubt it. I, I no. I, I I think I would I would guess. I don't think there was fraud in 2016, or at least enough, because Trump won. Right? Like, that doesn't make... No. I mean, like, why would you cheat? It's sort of like, there's no reason to cheat if both... If both... If it doesn't matter who wins... Like, the, like the great example is, you know, Romney versus Obama. Like, it does... 
Which, by the way, best election ever because no one gave a shit. Well, but also it didn't matter who won. The exact same policies were going to be rolled out. So why would you cheat? There's nothing to cheat for. Right. No, that was actually the last... I missed that election because people were still friendly with each other. If you like Romney, if you like Obama, you, it didn't yeah, even matter. Yeah, but I mean, it was it was all a charade. Like, but I, I'm actually not that upset about what's going down. I think it's in the end. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be shitty to go through, but I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, it's it, it bro, just change. You know this. You don't get any growth without pain. I have to say, Airbnb has changed my life. I just love staying in Airbnbs. Like in about a month, I'm going to Cocoa Beach, which is right next to Cape Canaveral. I'm going to watch some rocket launches. I'm going to, of course, be staying in a very nice Airbnb on the beach. And it's just such a great experience. Like the whole world is available to us now because of Airbnb. But whenever I'm at an Airbnb, I always realized, you know, I the home that I left to come to this Airbnb, I could be making money on that right now by hosting and, and being an Airbnb myself. So, and I've known people, I had a friend who basically, you know, made a living from turning his home into an Airbnb. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you do have an Airbnb there. And it's an e- it can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From a flat tire in the city to a dead battery on a distant drive, AAA is partnering with T-Mobile for Business to accelerate response times and get more drivers back on the road fast. Our nationwide connectivity powers location telematics, so AAA's fleet can find stranded drivers quickly while being fully equipped with the in-vehicle tools to have answers when they get there. This is elevating the member experience. This is AAA with T-Mobile for Business. Take your business further at T-Mobile.com slash now. Let's start with the pain in that right now you have this constitutional battle which, by the way, that by itself, it's very rare to have major constitutional battles happening all over the place, but it's starting to happen. You have this constitutional battle about who because has control that, that's on where the border. The, the civil, this civil war is not really, there's going to be shooting and violence, but it's not that kind of war. It's a mimetic legal war, right? That's what's going to, that this civil war is not going to be a war of the north versus south or east versus west or coast versus the interior. That's not how this works. That's not how this is going to work. So well, how, how does this play out? We're not seeing a war. What we're seeing is an empire fall. Those are different things. Like uh, the things that led up to the Civil War and why it went the way it went are fundamentally different than, than what's going on now. America has been an empire for at least 70 years, arguably longer, right? A true empire. And, and the, like... Americans don't realize it because we don't live under the boot of American foreign policy, right? And and and, and our media feeds us only the shit that, that people in power want us to see, basically. And so that's what most people think, right? 
But like, it's a shocking thing to most, even now to most Americans to learn that we aren't the good guy. And we haven't been the good guy for a long time. I mean, that's like, and I, I mean, we as like the foreign policy arm of the American government has been the bad guy for a long time. Yeah. And you, you see this and how the rest of the world is, I mean, we use the dollar as a weapon in many cases. And the rest of the world now is finally standing up and say, hey, We use hey, everything at our disposal as a weapon. Everything so, at our disposal. So how does this how does this play out? Like you called, you said the word okay. Civil War three so, years ago on this podcast. Yeah. What do you, and now we're getting Here's, obviously closer to it. What, just because people are using the word more and more frequently and you're seeing these states are for Texas, these states are for the federal. Like what do you yeah. see happening? So I'm not sure. No one knows the details, right? Like, uh, uh, if I did, I would probably just not do podcasts and make bets and then be quiet, right, to make sure my bets came in. But here's what I guess I'm th- the most likely scenario um, is that, well, I don't think we're, at, we're not going to see a civil war in any sort of shooting. Po- tons of pockets of violence, sure. Not like a two sides and shooting war. It, it, it doesn't make sense for a lot of different reasons. So there's a lot of different ways this can go. Right, like uh, my guess is, though, what ends up happening uh, is that we have a hollowed-out federal government, sort of like what what would happen would, would exist in Mexico. Like in Mexico, there's a federal government, and they have an army, and they, you know, they're they're a member of the UN, and all, but the federal government has very very limited power in Mexico. Mexico is a narco state run by a coalition of cartels that that fight each other and work together and do all that. They they are I don't want to say they're the real power in Mexico, but they are uh, truly powerful. And um, outside of a few specific enclaves, the federal government is powerless in in, in Mexico. And I think what we're going to end up seeing is something somewhat similar in America, except it won't be run by cartels. It'll be run by coalitions of state governments. And so the 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 feds aren't going away, but the feds are going to become um, essentially like a, 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 a mafia that pretends it runs the neighborhood and still extracts rents from a lot of people, but isn't actually in, uh, in charge anymore. Um, and what is and, the path? To, to get there because there's right a lot now, of pass, man. Okay. It's just a lot of pass. Because so, right now, okay, the Fed right now, has immense control. Yeah, they do uh, until states stop, start saying no. Because there, there's not, it depends what we're talking about, right? And it depends what state we're talking about. And, and, okay, so I was really hoping Trump was going to win in 2020 because I thought that would have been the most peaceful resolution. Because what would have happened? is that a bunch of the leftist states would have joined together in some loose coalition and would have started separation stuff then. And if the, if the, if the left starts the separations, then they're going to be way more peaceful because the right is not, are not going to try and keep them. They're not going to go after them. They're not going to attack them because uh, uh, the, the underlying moral philosophy of the right uh, tolerates difference. Right, whereas communism does not, at its core, it must kill difference. It must destroy it because any difference is a mirror that reminds it of its ugliness, in a sense. Oh, and although so, it's funny so, you say that because again, and this has been a, a very big tactic of, I'm still going to call it. Well, let's call it the woke. But historically, the right hasn't always tolerated difference. Like when you think of the right, 
you often think of the 1960s or 50s or 40s where there were segregationists on the right and a lot of racism and a lot of Segregationists, hate. so that's where you're wrong. You're totally wrong. Tell segregationists me. absolutely tolerate difference. They just want them elsewhere. I'm, I'm not like arguing in favor of segregation. But a segregationist, by definition, is someone who will tolerate difference. Because the other, the alternative is murder. That's what communists do. We only have a, a history of evidence in multiple dozens of countries around the world, primarily China and Russia. They don't tolerate difference. They don't segregate. They just murder. Those are, are fascists segregate. Communists murder. It's funny how most people don't realize that Fascism often comes from socialist Fascism beginnings. Fascism is the is the count. It doesn't come from it. It's the counter to communism. You know, like like Frank, Nazis no, were the National Socialists of Germany. That's what what their party name was. Right, and they weren't fascists. They're communists at their core. That's why they're called the National Socialists. Right, like that's their name. Communists don't want a Democrat, the DSA, and they don't want people to understand that their lineage is what produced Nazis. Because they're the enemies of communists are fascists, right? The, the, I mean, the philosophical, epistemological enemies of communists are fascists. Although both sides are, we want to control everyone and boss them around and tell them what to do. The fascists are basically more like a thuggish mafia who will deal with difference as long as everyone pays. The communists want to kill any, everyone who doesn't agree with them. That's just, I mean, that's just, look at history. I'm not, this is not some revolutionary insight. This is right. just the most basic foundational paying attention to the last hundred years and you know, nothing and, else. And a lot of this is, you know, a lot of this sort of socialist fascism is taught in our universities now, but why don't they obviously know the histories? It hasn't, the, the socialist experiment hasn't worked anywhere. So we could get into this a little, but like, why do you think people don't simply realize that just by looking at basic history? Because facts have nothing to do with identity. People with personality disorders, people who, who have uh, ego issues, people who have a lot of unhealed wounds, usually what they want to do is boss other one or everyone else around. If I'm in charge of everyone, I don't have to deal with my own shit, right? Why does someone become a professor? They love teaching. I don't know. <laughs> no, that's horse shit. No one, I don't want to say no one. Very few people will endure the, the ignominy of academia just because they love teaching. The, the majority of people who will endure what it takes to become a professional academic, especially the political side of it, are people who quite honestly are screwed up people who want to tell everyone else what to do. And that personality type can be on the right or the left or any side, right? That's not a, 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 an exclusively leftist thing at all. But when it shows up on the left, it is a very different version of what shows up on the right. What shows up on the right is what you were talking. I we grew up with the fundamentalist Christians right. uh, dominating the "you're not allowed to" energy in America. Right? Like I came up as a as a comedy writer in that time. I know exactly what those people are like, and they're horrible and they're repressive, but they they are not killers. They want you to shut up or go away. Communists want will only tolerate agreement. And if you don't agree, they have to destroy you, 
right? Right, because, because can- one believes in God, right? And so that makes them, they, they think they're superior. And the other one's God is materialist. And so the only God, the only way they can essentially deal with their religion is to murder. It, I mean, this is this is so simple. Just look at it. Don't listen to what they say. Watch what they do. And so, and so now we're seeing these two constitutional battles. One is to take, you know, who, the Republican nominee or Trump specifically off the ballot in certain states. Mm-hmm. The other is this issue in the border where the Supreme Court has to. Is oh, you deciding. missed what's. I, I, I don't think those either of those are more important than what just happened in Hawaii. What happened you in pay Hawaii? Pay attention? No. Oh, dude. See, there's I, way I there's a lot there's a lot so there's a lot of constitutional battles going on. Those two are important, but those are the two in the news. The ones in the news are almost never the big ones to pay attention to. Sometimes they are. But um because uh, I'm in Texas, I'll tell you, I think Abbott is a rhino. Uh and I think uh all of the his fights with the feds I uh, are at best a charade. I don't think he's he's DeSantis has his flaws, but I believe DeSantis believes what he's doing. I don't think Abbott does. Um, Texas has a major problem is that the Republican Party is controlled by rhinos. I think that's shifting quickly, but Abbott's not. Abbott's doesn't care about America. So you don't think he I, wants the border closed, or I think I think he, he I think he wants whatever is going to make him look good, mm. and he doesn't care about actually effectuating any policy. Like I mean, I can give you the details, but essentially, the the, the state of Texas shut off like a mile long section of the border. <laughs> Right, it's like nothing, and like it, it, the whole. It, it's very complicated, all of it. But it, it, there's a showdown going on right now in the Texas Republican Party and the uh, yeah, the adjacent groups to see who's going to win, whether it's the rhinos or the hardcore conservatives, right? And, and uh, Abbott's a rhino for sure. Um, like so that I don't that fight I think is in many ways a spectacle. I don't think it's the fight. The fight that I just saw that like really raised my eyebrows was Hawaii. Did you see what the the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court of Hawaii just did? No. They essentially declared themselves independent of the United States judiciary. (laughs) Not essentially, they actually did. Okay, so what what, what so um, uh, FPC and some other groups sued after Bruin. This the Supreme Court decision that basically you know reaffirmed the Second Amendment and expand extended it and said like you know uh, restrictions on concealed carry are illegal and all that stuff. It's a great decision. It was one of the the sparkling moments of the Supreme Court. And uh, so all these uh, lawsuits were brought against all these restrictive state rules, and almost all of them have fallen. The and then Hawaii has like crazy restrictive gun rules. They're obviously violative of the Second Amendment. And um, a, a couple of those cases got to the state Supreme Court in Hawaii, and the state Supreme Court struck all str- said, "We are going to we are rejecting um, uh, the precedent of Bruin, and we are rejecting essentially the Second Amendment." Uh, because literally, you can read the decision. It's fucking kooky. They quote like laws in other countries and some nonsense, and then they say, "In the spirit of Aloha." is contradictory to the ruling in Bruin, so we're not going to follow it. Bro, when a state court says we're not going to follow a a bright line black and white 
Supreme Court ruling that they even admitted. Like if we we should be if we follow Broome, the decision is is to strike down all these laws. So we're not gonna follow Broome. Like so, that's that's a major major nullification. So, so they're taking and that's a on the bet. left, right? That's and on the left. They're making a bet that basically the government won't organize itself to attack them over their gun laws. So, they're making a bet that the feds are run by people who agree with them, and nothing's going to happen. And they're probably right right now, right? And so he like okay. All of these constitutional challenges are coming, right? And they're going. Now, the the flashpoint, I think, is going to be the, I mean, this is not some deep insight, the 2024 presidential election, right? Like, that's going to be the thing. Because for a lot of people, this, it feels like an existential event, right? Like, whatever, whatever side they're on, if their side wins, the world's saved. And if the other side wins, the world ends. Right? I, even more so than in 2020, because in 2020, way more I, so in 2020, I, I, I feel like in 2020 people were still saying, "Okay, this is a normal election. We each right. just people hope our side wins." People were living in denial. People were living in denial at the end of 2020. No, most people aren't anymore. At least the people that matter and think and have power. Um, and so, uh, I have no idea what's going to happen in the 2024 election, man. There are so many wild cards. Like, there's a lot of Republican groups that have figured out, well, the Democrats are going to ballot harvest. We're going to do the same thing. And so, and I, I don't think anyone has any handle on how that's going to go because, bro, the American electoral system is, is not built on uh, uh, security. It's built on trust. And that trust is broken now. And well, what that's showing is that the electoral system is extremely manipulable by either side. Well, just the idea that you ways. don't need an ID. And is it true? I mean, I don't even know. This is how naive I am. Is it the case that you don't always need an ID to vote? I have no clue. Yes. yes. How could that even be true? Right. Because exactly. Exactly. ID, to go to the store, exactly. I need an ID. <laughs> Bro, I, listen, you don't have to. The arguments are so transparently. Ridiculous. But how do they justify that? Like who who justifies that? Like what is uh, what is so their argument? It, whoever the, who justifies that is the left, and every justification boils down to we want uh, people to vote for us, and many of them don't have ideas. But that's not a real justification. That's the real reason. Dude, what, when the, have facts ever reason? mattered in political <laughs> tribalism, James? Why do you keep doing this? Why okay, do you they keep must have saying, some, what do they why say don't these people who don't think rationally think rationally? That's what but, you're saying. But they're, but it, but again, they have a, a propaganda side to it as well. Like when they go on TV and they're asked, well, the, the how propaganda can you justify? Is trans and then they say what I just said, man. Go watch the videos. All right. They don't make arguments, man. What they make appeals to tribalism. And that works on most people because most people don't think for themselves. They, the way most people assess what's true or not true is what does my tribe agree with? That's true. And what my tribe doesn't agree with is false. You don't do that. And I don't do that. It's why we're friends. And I know it's really hard for you to understand that mindset because it's so antithetical to how you think. Me too. But if you want to understand the world, you've got to understand that, man. No, very few people think the way you do. And if you didn't understand that pre-COVID, I hope you fucking get it now, man. Like you well, got it. Like, during, your face has been rubbed in it. 
Yes, my face has definitely been rubbed in it. And the, and the most disturbing thing in COVID was how easily people just stopped they've, going to work. <laughs> they've always been this way, right? Like, I, I, bro, I was shocked. Like, friends of ours, famous friends of ours, who are smart, who have done great shit, became absolute fucking shills for yeah. transparent evil. And I was like, what? Like, how? And, and continued into 21 and sometimes 22, doubled, tripled, quadrupled down. Oh, even now. And, but this, uh, this, this is what I want to understand though, is like, you look at, I think Texas is a good example of, as you said, I think the civil war is, is happening right now where yes, they're having a problem on the border, but then Biden, he, he, sh you know, he fires his gun and says, okay, no more LNG business coming out of Texas. Like then it becomes, he's making this economic fight that seems to have nothing to do with the border, but of course it all has to do with Texas. So like, how does this keep going? How does it, how does it um, play out? Why do you think it doesn't start necessarily in Texas? Be because, well, first off, it's already started, right? right? Like, like the propaganda war, the mimetic war, the legal war, they're already going. Like they, they, there's not a civil war coming. We're in it. We're absolutely in it right now. And when the history of this is written, I don't know what the Fort shooting on Fort Sumter moment is going to be. We may have already had it or we may not, right? Uh, I don't know. Because, bro, do you know when the Civil War, what we call, think of as the Civil War starting was when, when the, the Union ships uh, or when the, the Confederate, uh, I think the Confederates actually fired first on the Union ships in Fort Sumter, South Carolina. Like there were people picnicking there the the Union soldiers didn't think it was a thing. Like it wasn't the actual people there on the ground didn't see it as like a highly, it was almost like, you know, like a pushing and shoving match between siblings, like energetic, the way that they thought about it. Now, no one thought of that as the start of the bloodiest war in American history. Still is. Right? Like, it, 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 so I don't know if we've had our Fort Sumter moment yet, but the war has started. Right, the, like the Civil War started long before that, and then uh, amped up after that. So, like, uh, basically, historians have decided that's the moment. Right, I guess that's because the, of the blood being shed aspect of it, or the the shots no being one, fired. There was aspect. no blood. There was no bloodshed. Firing. Well, the, 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 yeah, the shots shots right. being fired, which right. you could so argue maybe easy... in Texas, where you have a, a National Guard and then you have a federal army, and right. they seem right. to like, be getting close to a conflict. My understanding is. Uh, uh, and I, I know people who who know these things, um, uh, that there is no conflict between the actual rank-and-file Border Patrol, Federal Border Patrol, and the state uh, uh, DPS, uh, the Department of Public Safety. The, the, the boots-on-the-ground feds and state guys don't have much of a conflict. It's the bureaucracies that have conflicts. So what happens when the federal government actually orders their people, their, their, their boots on the ground to stop the Texas officers from doing their yeah, job? So uh, my understanding of this, and I am not speaking, I, let me be real clear. This is what I heard from someone who do, would know, but I cannot tell you whether this is true or not. I can just tell you I heard it from someone who's in a position to know. 
Um, I, what I was told was that several times, higher-ups in the federal government, I don't know who, but uh, higher-ups ordered the boots-on-the-ground guys to essentially initiate um, a conflict, mm. and they the guys on the ground refused. Mm. I believe that. That makes sense. I, but, I can't tell you if it was true, I, but it was what I heard. But this is your earlier point where it's not necessarily, this is not going to be a war fought with guns. It's going to be more like what Biden then did, which was shut down the LNG business from exporting and all that business comes out of Texas. So it co- causes economic harm to to Texas. And that's, I mean, sort of, power to but do like, that. but like, you understand, like Texas is in a weird position. We have our own electrical grid and we power all of America. And so like, there's only so much the feds can do. Like, it's not like we can't sell that natural gas somewhere else. <laughs> you know? Right. Like, it, like, I mean, it, it, yeah, but there's a, it's everything is really weird, man. There's so many weird layers, and, and and this is such a complex. This isn't even three dimensional chess. It's like fifteen dimensional chess. There are so many layers. I can't tell you how it's going to play out. My guess is, my best guess is that the 2024 election, it, there is transparent cheating, probably on both sides. Right. And, and and both sides will have enough propaganda ammo to be like, look, they're cheating. Right. And, and, and so uh, at least a group of states will probably not certify the winner, whoever it is. Right. And so, like, uh, uh, if that happens, there is no legal precedent for that, there is no law governing that. There is no one knows what the fuck happens then. No one. It, and that not, is why that is why the left are so hard up to indict Trump. Because that they want an out, a way to get him out of the election so that they don't have to worry about that result, right? Because if that result happens, then we go down a weird path, man. I don't know what's gonna happen, man. Like I could see a situation where there's essentially an irreconcilable stalemate that just keeps going, you know? And and, and then what happens? Okay, so let's say that happens. Let's say, you know, uh, uh, five states won't certify results. No one gets 270. Shit's all fucked up. No one well, knows who's fucking president. Then it goes to the presidents. House, right? That, then, yeah, it, then the House. No, not necessarily. Not necessarily. If, 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 that's not actually how it works. Um, but okay, let, what what happens then? China invades Taiwan. Let's just say, right? Right. What then? Right? And then, like, there's a whole. Ca- we don't get any semiconductor chips for eighteen months. What then? Right? Like, uh, we, we, there's a whole cascade of effects that can happen that are. This is the definition of black swan. Dude, like this is this is the black swaniest black swan of all time. I mean, there's gray swans. There's stuff people, everyone with a brain expects shit to happen around 2024 election. But like the second and third order effects, you can't you can't even consider. We saw what happened in COVID when the supply chain shut down, right? And like all kinds of weird shit happened that no one ever would have guessed, right? So uh, I could absolutely see a situation where where coalitions of states essentially self-govern for a while, an extended period, right? Be, and, and then, okay, let's say, 
let's say you know a bunch of states won't won't confirm. Let's say uh, like, like let's say you know uh, Republican or Democrat have some control of the House. They just essentially push through a resolution, a vote, name someone president. It doesn't matter whether it's Trump or Biden or whoever's going to replace Biden because you can tell now that the machine's turned on Biden and they're not yeah. going to have him run. So like, um, uh, uh, so what? Are the, what then? What if Trump is president of twenty nine states, right? Or Biden is president, or whoever uh, Michelle Obama is president of thirty two states. And, but the others haven't seceded; they haven't rebelled. They just want to prove that that election, right? Like it, it, that. This is what I'm talking about, man. Okay, and then, so what? I, I'm not worried about a, a fight between standing armies. That's nonsense. There's I don't see any path to two groups of armies clashing in the field. I see a lot of paths to empire collapse, right? Like when the bureaucratic machine breaks, what then, right? Like look at what happened when the Roman Empire really finally broke or when the Mongol Empire broke, right? Like essentially what happens is power regionalizes. And sometimes it's murderous warlords, sometimes it's wise kings, and it's everything in between, right? And if you aren't in a place that's safe, and I don't mean a state necessarily, I mean a community, like a local, like like where I live, right? Um, things might, if you're in cities, when this stuff goes down, your best case scenario is that it's just violent, right? Because it like, what? Imagine if it's violent and supply chain breaks or shortens. Yeah, and so. On a scale of zero to 10, where zero is everybody's safe, this is just something that's happening in the news, to 10, everybody's lives are at risk uh, because of Mad Max. It's a Mad Max kind of situation. Not a Mad Tucker Max, but a, you know, like the movie Mad Max. <laughs> I got, no, I got Tucker. <laughs> and where do you think we are on the scale of zero to 10? <sighs> right now, I'd say we're a four. Um, it, I, the, the number varies depending on where you are. Like out here in Dripping Springs, it's like a two. Go into right. Austin, it's a six, right? So, and, and Austin's not one of the more dangerous cities. Um, uh, you know, go into New York. I mean, you might already be up to eight, you know? Seven, eight I mean, is not unreasonable. New York is pretty scary. And it's, it's funny how many people, it's four years since I wrote my article yeah. about New York City. <laughs> People yeah. still tweet out at me every day and say something like, you know, loser, you were so wrong. We're back stronger than ever. When I'm trying to figure, I don't, I never respond because I don't want to give that any energy. But you just look at all the data on crime, housing, it's the failure horrible. of commercial real estate. I yeah. mean, New York City, I mean, I'm worried for my kids there because there's a lot of this weird violence that never was there before. Well, maybe in the 70s. Like, that's what's funny is if you actually look at the data, it is uh, on uh, some uh it's past but in a lot of ways like uh new york hasn't um it hasn't had the decay that it had in the 70s yet yeah that probably will come but not yet yeah i mean look i was there in the 70s and it was scary to cross the street in new york city then and yeah. you're right that hasn't happened yet but it also never was really built up as much as it's been now so True. it has to yeah. fall a lot yeah for, I mean, no, commercial I, real estate's it, collapsing, and that's what's going to make it fall a lot. Is the problem? San Francisco is, I think, is usually is often a harbinger. Has been for America for many, many years. 
And if you look at what's going on in San Francisco, I think uh, that is the fate of all major cities because they're all blue now. And San Francisco ain't getting better anytime soon. It's getting worse. Yeah, so, I, you know, the older I get, the more I just want status quo. Whether things are good or bad, James, I just want things it. to be the stop same. It. You either no, it's grow. True. Like you, I have, my brother, you know that doesn't work. You either grow or you die, man. There's no staying the same. So what, I mean, look, you've changed your life around completely. You moved out of the cities. You grow your own. What do you grow I, 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 for food? Everything. Like we, I literally have two cows from my, my buddy who has a, the, probably the best grass-fed Grass finished beef, unvaccinated. He didn't put anything. He's like very religious. He's like, the only thing that goes to my cows are grass and water, the way God intended. And uh, he's delivering two today, you know, processed and everything. And like, I have enough meat for probably a year and a half for my family in the freezer. Then I've got a whole flock of sheep. I've got uh, meat chickens. I've got egg chickens. We got bees. We just started getting honey out of our hives. It's awesome. Um, like, it, uh, if I had to, I could live off of this land. I mean, I wouldn't have, like, I I want fruit and stuff. We put it in an orchard, but it's not really, like, it's, it doesn't produce much yet. It's got time to go. Um, but, like, I'm not worried about, like, because I don't, look, I'm not worried about me at this point. Like, well, what if the, the city stuff though, I have to worry about. realize the food is out there and start, and everybody starts yeah, going towards Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I'm not... Okay, a, a, a wor- if things get nine or ten, then yeah, like then 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 I've got to worry about Clay Martin disaster scenarios, like when cities start emptying out, right? But um, I think there's there's ways to deal with that. First of all, I don't think that's highly likely in the near future. Um, I think to get to a situation like that, I think a lot of things have to go wrong, um, like in a row, and I just don't think that I, that we're there. Um, and I don't think we're close, uh, thankfully, right? Um, it, it's going to be one of those things. If things get bad in cities, it, I don't, it, it's not like either things are great or everyone's dying flooding out of the city. There's a lot to go to get from one of those places to another, right? And, and I think, um, our, you know what's funny is COVID showed how fragile the system was. But since then, one of the good things about COVID is now everyone knows how fragile the system is. And, and as a result, the system is far more robust, right? Like you can't get as much as you used to be able to as quickly. But the stuff you can get, you can get more reliably now, right? And a lot of people understand local supply chains now. And, and a lot of people have relationships with farmers now. They didn't before. And it doesn't take a huge number of people living like me to actually fundamentally change the pressures on the system. Like, I haven't bought meat at a grocery store in over two years, right? And now if 5% of the people are like me, that fundamentally changes the entire economics of the supply chain and the ability of the supply chain to work. You know, because those things are are very, very impacted by by stuff at the margins, right? And so, like... um, uh, I think this, in certain ways, the system's getting better. There are more and more people waking up, more and more people coming out, doing their thing. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of people doing that to make everyone better off. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's actually when I say that's why I, I'm kind of happy about what's going on. It's like I'm not happy about suffering and pain, but it, it, people, people are learning. 
people are improving. And fundamentally, a, a large group of, not the majority by any stretch, probably not even 10%, but 3 to 6% of Americans are waking up and understanding, oh, like, the government not only won't help me, but they're evil. <laughs> like, I, I've got to actually do my own. i got to take real responsibility for my own life. Where pre-COVID, the number was maybe 1%. I bet you it's 3 to 6 now and climbing. And we get that number to 10% in the next three or four years, which I'm very confident it's going ha- to have to happen. Everything changes then. Everything changes for the better. You know, the, 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 the people who are going to suffer are the ones who, like, you know, the ones who are still wearing masks or screaming about vaccines or those are the ones who aren't going to make it, man. And that's just, they pick their path. But, you know, it almost makes me want for the election to be Nikki Haley versus Michelle Obama, <laughs> kind of like a, an Obama-Romney election where nothing much happens and nothing changes. We just Bro, got, we kick the can ship down. That has sailed, brother. <laughs> but my man, it, like imagine if, you, if I dropped an egg on the floor and you're like, oh, if we just can do it right, we'll put the egg back together. You cannot unscramble an egg, dude. Yeah. It's over. That period in America, you may not have realized that when you were living through it, but that period of peaceful, calm, serenity, and blandness is over. And so you think the likelihood that this election doesn't cause problems is probably close to zero. zero. It is zero. We've already seen it. Multiple states are indicting a, a former president and legitimate president's nominee, nominee from a major party, from the party, on complete nonsense. Like, like literally wouldn't, would not nominate any other human on earth for what, uh, sorry, uh, uh, indict any other human on earth for what he's being indicted for. They're fucking not. Imagine indicting someone for overvaluing a loan that a bank agreed on. Or like overvaluing collateral. Like think about that first. A a sophisticated financial institution agreed to the loan and the valuations and indicting him for fraud on those. Like think about how preposterous that is. How insane it is. Like I I hate that it sounds like I'm defending Trump because I'm not. No, no, but that actually makes a good point because everybody involved has probably signed something saying they're sophisticated financial experts and they agree to these valuations so he didn't it's even default like, on the loans <laughs> right so like that's the cr- so again it always lends to, begs the question like how come this isn't a slam dunk case for him to win it's but because it's that's that these people how are, tribalism works yeah because someone you cannot talk you can't there's no fact or rationality or st- stream of logic that works on someone who uh, who is infected with a mind virus? It just doesn't it doesn't work. It's like imagine you can't talk to cult members and explain to them that they're in a cult, right? So basically, then listening to this, and let's say someone lives in a city, let's say you have a job, you have responsibilities, you can't move out to the country. What do you say to someone? I mean, I don't care. They can live their life the way they want. What's that matter to me? If they want to be stupid, I don't give a shit. I guess, let's say they like living in a city, but uh, to your point is, though, that you can't, just because you liked living in Nazi Germany, if you were Jewish, you shouldn't stay there no matter what. Look, I mean, right. It, think about the assumption behind your question. I have some 
obligation or job or I should worry about convincing people that I'm right. I'm not a communist, James. I don't give a fuck what they think. <laughs> like they can think whatever they want. Good for they're gonna have to pay the price of their of their decisions. I like mean that, it, that's one of the coolest things about the time we live in now is that consequences are getting retethered to decisions, whereas they were divorced before in many ways. Right. And and to your point also that it was interesting that you're saying that the potential physical conflict between federal and state, that's being avoided so far. And yes, we're seeing and that in Texas. The only way I see real state, federal, physical confrontations, which I'm sure the, that there's at least elements of the federal government that would love to have that. The only way I see that happening, really, on any extended way, is if the feds succeed in both granting amnesty to immigrants and then enlisting them in the armed forces. Like that, those were real final stages of Rome. Is, uh, is uh, I mean, the Romans often enrolled barbarians in their army, but like they, they started, you know, they would spread them out. And then, you know, you have 10 barbarians in a, a century, you know, whatever, with Italian, with actual Romans. And then, you know, they get more and more condensed. And then eventually it's like, well, I, you know, I have a, a Hunnish legion. I can use that in Italy and they'll kill all the fucking Romans and knowing they, they're not Roman. They're loyal to the emperor, right? Mm. And so it's not just getting votes, man. Like uh, there's already, I feel like Chicago or someplace in Illinois um, uh, has made it legal to uh, make illegal immigrants into cops. Like think about how fucking insane that is. That... Th if the, the federal government is able to arm a populace that is in no has no ties to America, right, and then unleash them against Americans, then you're going to see some real armed conflict. We are, I think, quite a ways away from that happening. That's not happening the next before 2024. And even, you know, maybe if the Democrat wins in 2024, I could see that being pushed through in certain ways. But... My guess is there's still enough smart people on that side to realize, well, if we want to get everyone in America pulling us out of our homes and burning us at the stake, that's the way to do it. You know, like a lot more has to happen before I see that happening. Well, you've definitely not made me breathe easier, but I do think just the trend in all the news for the past eight years, but particularly starting in 2020, has been definitely in the direction of, of what you're talking about. And again, this is not like a pro-Trump, anti-Biden thing. It's just what's what's happening. No, I, I've, I've I can't seen stand the Trump, oppression. to be honest. I can't stand him. I think he is, I mean, who has been more pro-vaccine than Trump? Yeah, right. Nobody. He, he made it. He still, he still brags about the vaccine. Like I, I, I it, it, at best, Trump is, you know, like a, lip, a pig with lipstick on. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, like he. So who, the who only, would you like among the candidates? Who who do you like legitimately like? I yeah, would you really ever try, ask someone who they want their slave master to be? <laughs> I mean, because like I'm a sovereign man. No one rules me. You're asking me who do I want to rule me? Nobody. Me. I mean, it's to the point where. Again, in the Constitution itself, the president doesn't have that many powers. 
and there is yeah, a lot he thinks of more. He, does. Hmm? he thinks he yeah. does. Yeah. Well, they all they all all three branches have taken more power. Congress, the Supreme Court. Supreme Court didn't have the power to decide what was constitutional or not until the early 1800s. Like it was a new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't you can't take away the power once they have it. It seems. Well, you can, but um, what's the saying? You can vote your way into socialism, but you have to shoot your way out. I haven't heard that, but that that's a good one. So I, I didn't make it up. It was Solzhenitsyn or someone like that. <laughs> t- tell me, tell me about your your latest venture, though, which is which is. It's got nothing. To I don't do know with if it, I don't know if it's more fascinating. <laughs> this is a fascinating topic to me because I'm I'm a little bit nervous, but but writing is also a fascinating topic to me. And you you put together a, a business slash course teaching people how to write their own memoirs. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, what a segue, right? Um, all right. Well, so, people maybe uh, will have a lot of memoirs to write after <laughs> if what you're saying comes true. Uh, listen, you're telling me, man. Um, all right. So uh, basically, like the thing I'm best at in the world is memoir, writing memoirs, teaching memoir, and I have an approach that I think is I know is very unique, and, and I don't I think I don't think there's anyone out there teaching memoir the right way or an effective way, and so. I still have a lot of people asking me for help with books, et cetera. So I launched, I'm, and I'm trying to write my next memoir. And the honest God, truth is I was struggling. Just I needed more accountability. And the, for me, the best what way to What do you mean be, you needed more accountability? Like, I have money. I don't need to sit down and write this book. Like, there's no, I wrote my first books from a position of, de- of true desperation, of having burnt the bridges behind me. And that energy, though not healthy, is very useful when channeled properly. And I, and I I just can't I don't I, I can't get I don't want to get that energy again I don't want to burn my fucking family down or you know have to leave our ranch or like nonsense like that I'm not gonna do that right and so like how do I push myself to write this memoir that I I want to write and I need to write and would be really helpful to a lot of people about the, you know my how did I go from drinking party Tucker Max to family father for you know rancher Tucker Max like it's a it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty amazing story in a lot of ways and um yeah, so I just wasn't it's a hard anytime you're really telling you like I what I always teach is that the point of memoir is to tell yourself the truth about your life and anytime you do that it's hard it's just hard man it, truth tends to be painful and it tends to be difficult to face and um, especially your own truth. And like, I can face your truths easily because I don't have any baggage with them. But facing my own, that's hard. And so um, for me, and a lot of people, but definitely for me, the way that I can push myself to do something I wouldn't necessarily do just for myself is to make myself accountable to those I really care about, right? And so this is a group of people who are paying me a lot of money to coach them through this, which I'm doing, but then part of the deal was they they get to watch me write my memoir and struggle with my memoir and they get to see my drafts like halfway through like they get to see the true rough drafts uh of my stuff and so like so they can understand not just me telling them what, what it's like and not telling them that a rough draft's okay or whatever but they can see mine and um and so that was a big motivation for a lot of people to do it and so it's like like, like I, my first uh, story was due to the group last Wednesday, 
And like I, you know, I, I posted one, and a bunch of people were like, "Yeah, you're so courageous to post a, a draft this rough." And I'm like, "Guys, I'm not courageous. It's either I miss a deadline or I post this, right?" And so it wasn't courage. It was it was the group doing exactly what I designed it to do for a forcing function for me, right? And even though I know that's what it is, it still works because I'm not going to let these people down who are paying me this money, who have made this pro- this very solemn, sincere promise to, and so um. So, like, that's kind of why I started it. But it's been going great, man. This group is amazing people, all with amazing stories. And it's, you know, when you're doing work, like, for you, like, playing chess or talking about stuff that interests you, it's work, but it's not work. It's, like, the easiest thing. Scribe was such a hard business for me. Like, every aspect of it was hard to do. Yeah, and, and, service and like, businesses are, are always profitable from day one, but they're harder, but they yes. take a lot of blood out of you. They do, and it was just like the suffer factor was high. There's like no suffer factor in this business. It's like it's just coaching, basically, and it's like fun. Everything about it's fun and easy and and valuable, right? And so it's like this is great. You make a good point, though, that memoir is a lot about discovery, discovering the truth about yourself. Why it's not it's not events. If I could write just the events, then it's not a good book. No. And the, the the issue with with somebody writing a good book is that often you've been lying to yourself for a long time and you have to discover the truths and then really be willing to share them. And that's yeah. really the, the most difficult part, at least for me in writing something like that. Yeah. Is that Memoir- you start to realize, oh wait, that's why I did this. Do I do I really want to share that? It's gonna right. it's I'm ashamed. And memoir is a therapeutic process. Like that's what it is. It, it's not therapy. But it's a therapeutic process. So, um, uh, like, that's what you have to understand about it. And and that's, I think a lot of people don't expect that. And so the way I teach memoir, first of all, explains this to people up front and tells them what to expect. And the way we structure it is like, so it's like, oh, okay, like, this is going to be probably hard. And there's going to, things are going to come up. And we kind of coach people how to deal with it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, because, because it, you can just write an autobiography where you brag about cool shit you did, nothing else, and that's fine. No one's going to read it, and it's probably a waste of time. It's just a vanity project. A memoir is where you tell the truth, right? And, and some of the truth can be great, and it can be good stuff. I met an amazing woman, my wife, and this and that. And go out. But like most of the truth, um, at least the hard truths, are things you don't want to share. You know? I mean, like it, they're embarrassing or shameful yeah. or... And not even necessarily saying you have to be ashamed. It's just you feel shame around them. Other people might no, think that, it's brave and courageous, but no, that's exactly it. Is that you? I always say I don't like to hit publish on anything unless I'm afraid for myself of how people are going to react. Yeah, and that's usually the more afraid I am, the the better the article, book, post, whatever is. Because if if people are saying I can't believe he wrote that. Then that then then I feel like, not that you aim for that because then you're just aiming too much for shock value. But if that's just yeah. the natural outcome, what you're writing, then I think there's probably a good thing. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yep. Well, where can people find it? Uh, right now, we don't even have a site up yet. Right now, just go to tuckermax.com. The like the first post is um, kind of the launch of the of the I call it a master of the memoir mastermind. We've got another cohort coming through in April. Um, and it's all there. The whole description is a video where I talk about it, all that. Um, it's all there. We're, we're going to launch the site soon and, and like really do it up as a business. 
Um, I wasn't sure I was going to turn it into business. I literally just did this to to get a small group of people and to get accountability to finish my book. And then I started it. And I'm like, oh, this is so much fun. What am I doing? Why would I not do this? Like it's yeah, it's fun. And easy. you enjoy the topic. Like you've been right more than anything else. You've been a writer for the past twenty a twenty-five memoirist. years. A memoirist yeah. is what I've been first, in, which is it's a type. Of, it's definitely a writer, but a type of writer, a very specific type. You know. Well, Tucker. Civil War and Memoirs, thanks so much once again for coming on the the podcast. I think you were like my first guest on this podcast. It's like I think I might 1600, have been. 1,600 episodes later. I know. I've been on a bunch, man. Like I think yeah. your, your podcast is the podcast I've been on the most of anybody's. Yeah. No, like I think, eight uh, times or something. Probably It's always more. super fun, yeah. Well, I, I even though I really do think what you said is going to happen is going to happen, I find myself just as – you know, a father of adults living in a city and just myself personally, I just feel nervous and I don't like feeling nervous. Yeah, I mean, bro, I would be. Like, I, I'm i excited overall about the opportunity this is going to be, but I, it's going to be really painful, I think, in a lot of ways for a lot of people. I, I It's not going to all be up, you know, sunshine and kittens, man. I think there's going to be a lot of people die, a lot of people suffer, a lot of people lose a lot. I think it's it's not... Change is hard, and this is going to be one of the biggest changes in probably all of our lives and definitely in the history of this country. There you have it. (laughs) Talk to you the next time you're on on the podcast, or at some point I've got to visit the farm. Yeah, right, exactly. Anytime, my man. And maybe I'll just squat and stay there. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) We have a guest house, so. All right, I'm I'm there. Uh, Well, thanks once again, Tucker. Of course. Thank you.